They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the mic. Well, here we go again. A Melbourne Cup Week edition of Moody on the mic. Of course, the Cup has been run and won. Twilight payment getting the chocolates. I'm Roger Aldridge and joining me as they always do, the co-hosts starting with Peter Moody. G'day, Moods. G'day, Rog. Uh, we've had a terrific couple of days of the carnival, two more to go, and uh, what great racing and great stories uh, we've already learnt this week. Mitho, you had a few runners on, or two or three runners on Cup Day, but unfortunately none of them could quite get there for, for Rosemont. It, it just shows how competitive it is at this time of year. I mean, they all ran well, proud of the horses, proud of the trainers' efforts, the jockeys, uh, no, no one did anything wrong, but... Uh, Bloody hard to win a race at Flemington uh, during Cup Week. That's that's for sure. We'll we'll saddle up on Oaks Day and see if we can uh, got another couple to spin around and and then Mister Quickie will bring us home on Saturday. But um, anyway, it's um, it'll be nice just to just to get a pointy end of the prize somewhere along the way. But uh, we'll front up, battered and bruised, and go again. It was a rough day on the punt for plenty of people. Uh, resident Rayman, how did you go? Usually, fair better than most. Yeah, had a little bit on Twilight Payment, but not enough. Rog would have dearly liked Tiger Moth to go past Twilight Payment in the uh, concluding stage of the race there. But it was an outstanding ride from Jive McNeil, the first horse since Mind and Power to uh, lead from start to finish and win the Melbourne Cup. So it was a terrific race. And most of the horses in the market ran well. And uh, uh, we look forward again to Oaks and Stakes Day. I know it was a staying race, obviously not a sprint race moods, but the fact that Jai just went to the front and dictated terms, he would have been pretty proud of that ride. Oh, listen, it was brilliantly judged um, by Jai and, uh, you know, sort of didn't walk them through, but went at a good solid gallop. It was just sort of a classic front-running ride that a lot of the old-timers would have been proud of and just kept building momentum throughout. And you could see when he quickened at the sort of 1,400 to 1,200, the sectional started to drop and then then um, J-Mac was uh, awake to what was happening on Finch and moved up and they both quickened again at the 1,000 and the 800 and just kept building momentum and... Uh, you were thinking, well, you know, are these two going to come back? But they, they just sort of maintained that gallop through to the lot. Well, the, the winner maintained the gallop through to the line. And uh, it was just a well-judged ride. And, uh, you know, all credit to Jai McNeil. He's, uh, he's the young gun. He's uh, doing a hell of a job. And, and how humble. Uh, wasn't it great to see a, a, a humble young man? There was... Listen, I don't begrudge the boys that they work bloody hard and they get excited and they leap over the line and do this and that. But I don't think we've probably seen a more humble Melbourne Cup winning rider for a long, long time. It was, uh, yeah, I reckon it might take John McNeil next level now. Um, always, always a big worry and moods. I'm sure you've you've had it before. I've had it a couple of times where the the, the jockey of the, the premier event of the day, let alone a Melbourne Cup, comes out and has to ride your horse in the next Yes. And that's exactly what we had with Thousand Wishes. I thought, Joe McNeil's not, he's not going to give a shit about Thousand Wishes. Well, he's given it an absolute peach. Come out, won a, oh, fourth in the end. I just got nutted out of third. Um, it was a, a tremendous effort, but a great ride and, a, and, and a, a mark of the man that he can come out and show that composure and say, right, on with the job. I'll have a few beers and a, a champagne or two tonight, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, worry about that uh, after the last and I've still got a job to do. So well done to Jai McNeil. I really hope that it does, you know, really, really pump him into, into that next level and up to the, the top of the tree of, um, of Australia's uh, good jockeys. And of course, uh, Moods, you brought Nick Jack Cave out for the Melbourne Cup. He didn't get a run. Who did he beat last start overseas? 
Yeah, thanks for rubbing salt into the wound. I can just see Nick and Jack Carr's ears eating grass here in the paddock at my farm as we speak. And uh, yes, uh, he and Twilight Payment met first up this preparation over 2,800 metres in Ireland. And uh, Nick and Jack uh, got the job done there on him at uh, set weight 60 and a half. But uh, we, we as a group of connections decided against running in the Irish St. Ledger um, rather than risk getting a weight penalty for the Melbourne Cup because uh, he, he won again. He won the Bally Roan after that and uh, he was one of the favoured runners in the Irish St. Ledger but uh, deferring, you know, deciding not to run there and risk a penalty and unfortunately we would, we'd not only beat the handicapper, we beat ourselves and didn't make the race field. Moods, was there any thought to running him in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes on Saturday? Oh, that was a consideration, Tom. But the, the fact that, uh, this with no disrespect, that I would love to have a runner in the Queen Elizabeth, but he, he was purchased for a $7.5 million race and it's a $200,000 race. And the horse has been through quite a bit with quarantine and so on. And he's had scintigraphies and CT scans because he's got a bit of an unusual action. So once again, after discussions with Connections, we opted to give the horse a little break and we'll prepare him and try and qualify him for the Melbourne Cup in the autumn either through the Adelaide Cup or the Andrew Ramsden or one of those. And, and uh, you know, the ideal scenario would be to arrive in the Melbourne Cup with maybe four or five Australian runs under our belt next year. Let's move on to one of the real great positives and, and one of the great stories of racing. And that came on Saturday in the Derby. We lamented last week that it probably wasn't the strongest edition of the Derby, but then it produced one of the great stories of racing with Dennis Pagan, who's only got... Um, well, he's got, he can only train for himself and he owns Johnny Get Angry Outright and then he wins the Derby. Premiership coach now wins the Derby. Pockets 1.2 mil in the process because he's the sole owner. And obviously a, a great result too for Lockie King, a young apprentice jockey. He's apprenticed up to Gerald Egan in Mansfield and, um, and comes out and, and, and wins the Derby. It was a huge result. Uh, listen, that was, that was massive, Rog. Uh, 73 years of age, Dennis Pagan. Um, you know, what a phenomenal performance. That was his 10th runner at the races, I believe. Uh, I think he's had his license some four months or, or a bit over. He spent a lot of time in the trainer's tower there at Flemington with, with a lot of great trainers and uh, more so with Troy and Leon Corsons, uh, who Anthony and I have sort of worked quite close with over the last few years uh, through the Rosemont uh, banner. And, uh, you know, uh, just phenomenal uh, to, to see him do that. We did say last week it was, uh, we thought it was a moderate, well, I did, and I think, don't think anyone argued against me. We thought it was a moderate edition of the Victorian Derby, but someone was going to go home $1.2 million richer. And uh, for Dennis to do that, good on him. And it just shows that, you know, uh, I'm not taking away from Dennis's performance, but his years of uh, training young men, getting them fit, getting them to go out and do their job on the paddock every Saturday afternoon in the AFL or VFL when Dennis obviously started and, and then getting them mentally right um, to go and do that job. Uh, the similarities are, are strikingly amazing, you know, how similar it is in training horses. Getting horses physically fit is pure common sense, the same as getting yourself physically fit. But getting them mentally fit to go out and do the job, uh, that's as much of the art of being a racehorse trainer as anything. And, uh, Dennis has got that ability to do it with uh, young men. He's done that probably for the best part of 50 years and now he's turned it to racehorses. And, uh, you know, I don't think Dennis is going to break out and have a big professional team. We've seen some of those champion English uh, soccer players. The names just escape me now. Some champion sportsmen have turned their hands to training and 
later in life. I don't think Dennis is going to look at having a big team or any way, shape or form, but he's going to have a lot of fun uh, in the twilight years of, uh, of his life, for sure. Yeah, obviously it was very emotional for him too and he, he did get quite teary and, well, Moods, you were doing the post-race interview on Channel 10 and how did you handle the emotion coming from Dennis? Because, I mean, as a journalist, you always want the talent to cry, but you maybe not so much. Well, as you know, Roger, I'm not a journalist. I am a racehorse trainer, but I, I, I dabble at it and uh, I was buggered. Uh, <laughs> Tom and I are probably the only two non-journalists on this panel where you and Mitho have a big background at it. Uh, and, and I was buggered. Uh, Dennis couldn't talk and I didn't know what to say to him. You, you wanted to run in and give him a big bear hug like Troy Corsets did and, uh, and shake it out of him. But uh, he, he was just so overwhelmed and... Uh, it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing there to be a part of it. Um, the sad side of everything that we saw there on Saturday, uh, that there wasn't 110,000 people leaning over the fence. And, and that being the case, you know, 109,900 of those people would have known Dennis Pagan. They would have known his background, known, uh, you know, what a champion uh, football coach he had been and, and made that moment so much more significant for Dennis and imagine if he had he had his wife and his children and his grandchildren and everyone around him uh, what a moment that would have made it but uh, I'm sure he's enjoyed it in his own special way since Narrow the field with Labbrook's Easy Form. Place form driven multis or singles without ever having to study a guide Create your ideal bet using a range of form filters including runner stats, jockey, trainer and track or choose from market movers and favourite runners. Available on all Australian and New Zealand thoroughbred greyhound and harness races, Ladbrokes Easy Form does the hard work for you. Ladbrokes, back yourself. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. A very special guest joining us on Moody on the Mic now. And uh, I might just let Mitho do the introductions because um, he's live on location. Well, he is. Uh, it's great to have uh, a man of uh, the esteem and reputation of Adrian Bott with us. Buddy, <laughs> welcome. Know. Social distancing here, so we're uh, we're, we're all uh, COVID legal. And um, Bott, you've come down to, well, would you believe our Magic Millions horses came into their box three days ago. Early bird gets the worm. Bott, straight down. Better come down and have a look at him. Well, we got a uh, got a nice two-year-old uh, in, in the carnival racing tomorrow. Had its first start, which went through your draft, through the Magic Millions draft. So, wanted to see how, where it all starts, where the where the magic happens, and, and where to find our winners from next year. So, getting in early. Well, it was funny because uh, Butter Blonde is her name, and we can ask Adrian how she's going in the Ottawa Stakes race two at Flemington there tomorrow. Um, I think she's about fifteen or sixteen to one on Ladbroke. So, I looked up earlier today, and uh, I took eighteen horses to the Magic Millions last year. Sold 17, couldn't sell one. Guess what it was? Butter Blonde. Going around at a group three tomorrow over the Flemington Carnival. So, um, Body, you, you you happy with her? Yeah, no, she's, she's done super. Um, look, we, we took her for her first up run just to Provincials there. Uh, thought she had plenty of fitness improvement to come out of that, uh, which she's certainly taken. Um, but she's just one of those natural two-year-old types, natural runner. She gets it. Um, very professional. Gave her a first look up the straight the other day. She she worked with an older horse and um, worked all over. It was a lot sharper and uh, did everything right down the straight. So uh, looking forward to her taking her place tomorrow. Yeah, she's she, she'll give him a sight and give him something to cash. She's got plenty plenty of speed and as you mentioned, fifteen to one. I couldn't believe that when they put it up this morning. I was uh, yeah, quite happy with that. <laughs> well, you talk about the early bird catching the word, though, and uh, and obviously. 
this podcast, I'll get it up tonight, but if you're downloading this on Friday and Butter Blonde's already won at $18, well, you should have luck. You should have downloaded it on Wednesday night. So, uh, now, Adrian, obviously in the COVID times, many people have wanted to desperately get out of Victoria. You've come down and got into Victoria. So, um, that's a strange move. Yeah, it's wild. We're able to pick up a, uh, a big Group 1 feature coming down. I, I, I guess, yeah, at, at times when I was coming down, I was questioning... Uh, what I was what I was doing, um, you know. But uh, look, I thoroughly enjoyed my time down here, like like working with the team. And um, obviously, it's a you know, whilst we haven't been able to have the crowds, that the racing's still on, and it's sort of still a um, you know, just a fantastic time of year to be, you know, be featuring and, and having the, the horses here competing. And uh, Adrian, talking of that Group One, you you won the you won the Group One uh, mares race on Saturday with a mare that was slightly out. Of, well, she was definitely out of form. Let's not kid ourselves. She out the bar, but she bounced back. Uh, you and Damien Oliver hatched a plan to put the blinkers on her during the week after a let's say a moderate piece of work, and she got the job done. And we're going to see her back up in the McKinnon Stakes at Flemington on Saturday. Now she's back in form. She is a Group One winner against her own age. Uh, Obviously, in the binary stud stakes as a three-year-old filly, she takes on, uh, um, you would have to say, a stronger field here on Saturday in the McKinnon Stakes. Ten of ten, I would imagine she'll roll forward in typical fashion of her racing style and of your stable style, which I love. Um, how she come through that and how do we expect her to perform in the McKinnon Saturday? Looks fantastic for the run, in, in, in fairness. Um, really, really pleased with the way she's come out of that. She, she is thriving down here. and uh, we, we did, in fact come down here with the intention of always backing her up. Um, we, we thought she always sort of needs the 2000 and we wanted to run her in the mile because we thought she was looking for a good, strong, strong mile. And we thought at, at, at the, the big straight at Flemington there, will sort of make it a good test and bring her right into it. Um, so look, if, if she ran um, a nice race, we, we thought we could go into the matriarch um, and, and step up there. But I, I guess when she was able to win it, um, as you rightly said, being a, a dual group one winner now, it's probably the, Right time to test her. So we are throwing her in the deep end, no doubt. She's she's been sort of protected in, in Mayor's company all the way through her life. But uh, she's got to take on, you know, the open weight for age company now. It's going to be a big ask. But, you know, against some of those sort of more staying sort of types or, or, or the more dour types, if we can sort of roll forward from barrier 10 and, and, and sort of control and, and dictate it. And look, Ollie's a, a great judge of pace. Well, you know, she, she can sprint home well, as we've seen there. Um, and sort of might shape into a, a type of race that, that suits her well. Um, you know, she ended up in a beautiful position there in, in, in the Maya race, but she, she bumped into a couple of sort of noted speedsters there. Um, but I think the 2000, she should be able to hold it, you know, ideally dictate. And, and from that draw, as you said, you'd have to roll across and be a bit aggressive early. But uh, no issues with the 2000. I think she'll run it out strongly, uh, poured the work into her since she's been down here. And, um, she just looks even even better for it. So it's, um, you know, I guess a good sense of timing. She's she's starting to peak at the right time for us. Body, uh, things went to plan with Shout the Bar and the Empire Rose, but we can't say the same about Farn in, in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Uh, how's he come out of the run and what are the plans going forward with the Golden Slipper winner? Yeah, uh, so he's gone to the he's gone to the paddock now, have a, have a good break. Um, obviously, it's sort of been a stop-start campaign for him. Very, very frustrating. Um, you know, a, a couple of minor issues throughout there that sort of meant he wasn't able to run in the Roman console, the Golden Rose. Uh, you know, we pulled him out of the Everest. So um, there's, I guess, sort of he had a, a foot issue earlier in the preparation. Um, whether the hard, hard tracks just sort of 
found him out there on, on the race because we sort of know that wasn't necessarily the cult that we, we know he is. You know, I, I don't sort of buy into the argument that he hasn't come up or that he's not the same horse he was as a two-year-old or, or the two-year-olds haven't trained on or it's a, a, a golden slipper winner that hasn't, yeah, has, hasn't come up. I don't buy into that. I still believe he's a, a very talented horse and will, will prove that. So I uh, would love to see him return in the autumn, um, whether that be in Sydney, um, you know, in, in the wait for age sprints, um, or whether he does get a, another attempt in, in Melbourne um, down the straight, the, you know, the Oakley Plate, Newmarket, those sort of types of races. Um, I, I guess wherever we go, the track conditions will no doubt probably be a bit more critical for him and um, the firmer tracks. As we sort of found out, the Magic Millions and and the Coolmore, it just sort of just found him out at the wrong time of his preparation. So I'd be very forgiving of the horse. And um, look, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see him at his best and, yeah, unfortunately, we probably didn't get to see more of him at the start of the campaign. Sort of, I think he's probably been wrongly judged at the very end of it. Um, you know, just sort of on, I guess we were a little bit on the back foot and we sort of didn't get to quite see, um, you know, see the right horse from, from the outset, unfortunately. Obviously, you're training in partnership with uh, the great Gay Waterhouse. Now, Gay can be eccentric at times, uh, let's be honest. When she came out and said that Farnan wouldn't lose um, this whole preparation, <laughs> did you just go, oh, she's gay, can you just not? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this will be an interesting answer, actually. I, I'm interested to hear this. It's all right. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. Look, we, I guess that's the, the, the benefit of a racing partnership and with people, you, you know, with a partnership, you probably want, want balances and that's sort of where we, we do balance ourselves out. Gay's the one with the experience. Um, you know, she's the one that's produced these Golden Super winners before. She's she's come out and made, you know, some some people would call ridiculous out, you know, outrageous statements before. And, you know, in fairness, she's, you know, she has come out and backed, backed them, them up. up yeah. She's made the slipper call very early, six months before the slipper, and she goes out and, and does it, so... Um, you know, there's certainly always a, a lot of respect when she does say those statements. And as I said, um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, now, now in hindsight, looking at it, um, you know, as I said, things didn't quite go right, but could have very easily been. And I know the horse as, as well and, and confident in his ability that fought. So, um, yeah, I, I have no doubt what she was saying was had, 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 had merit at the time. Had a lot of merit yeah. to it. Um, yeah. yeah I, but I guess you won't start for me to come out and make those I statements. I, I'd be tipping that you won't hear body say that in years to come. Body, before we let you go, we'll give you a chance to make one outlandish statement, or it doesn't have to be that outlandish. Just give us a winner. <laughs> country. Uh, I Friday, think I've been in there. Sorry. Well, we need a winner. We need a winner anywhere over the next few days. Uh, what, what have we got? We can go. Look, we've only got two more runners left in the. Um, left in the carnival. Um, obviously, I think that the two-year-old filly is a, a fantastic chance for us to tomorrow. Hopefully, the podcast is out in time. But, yeah, great. Some, 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 honestly, some great great value there. I, I thought you would have been single-digit odds, not, not double-digit. Yep. Okay. And anything in Sydney that... Uh, Sydney, Gold Gift. Yep. Um, we've got a two-year-old filly, nice little filly called uh, Serta. Uh, she's having a, a second start, ran a, a very courageous second on debut. She only sort of went in off the one soft trial. Uh, just one of those naturals that just did everything right. She sort of took the position, forward position. She travelled. She uh, got covered, just settled, and um, yeah, showed a great turn of foot. Oh, good on you! Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate yeah, you. Lovely uh... being on the show. Thanks so much, guys. This spring, Ladbrokes is changing the way you multi. 
putting the power in your hands and giving you more chances to win. With our new split and blended features, load up your multi-legs with runners from the same race, and if any of them get up, you win. Get all the racing multi-combinations you want done in one. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. Minimum price $1.10 for blended leg. T's and C's apply. See website for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, let's kick off one of the big races on Saturday. It is the Darley Sprint Classic down the straight at Flemington. And Bivouac coming out of a second placing in the Everest has gone up favourite with Ladbrokes at $3.70. Libertini's been the market mover, $7.50 into seventh. But uh, it's a pretty open race, as the straight races generally are at Flemington. And Moods, I suppose you just want to see fast horses run fast in this race. Yeah, well, Nature Strip, he's, he's had an indifferent preparation. Uh, you know, I suppose none of us were shocked when he was beaten first up, but subsequently uh, he hasn't performed uh, to where we thought. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. And uh, he, he brought his A game here last year for this race. Bivouac, um, he was super in the in the new market, Tom. I think I stand to be corrected there, but I think it was the new market. He was super down the straight. Uh, Libertini... Um, you know, we know what a damn good filly she is, and she was close up in the Coolmore Stud Stakes last year, so she's a super filly as well. And and a, and a couple of the locals have hit a bit of form as also, so it's certainly a very interesting and open race. Tommy, uh, which way are you looking in this one, mate? Because I've got no doubt you've combed over this very carefully. Yeah, it's a really good race, the uh, the VRC Sprint Classic. We sort of see the Everest form really tested for the first time. Uh, Trekking came out and ran really well in the Ludbrokes Manicato Stakes. So the form stacked up pretty well early here. Uh, I've always been a bivouac man, and his record down the Flemington Strait is excellent. He was in the new market, as Mood said, uh, in the autumn. He could not have been more impressive, and he was really good when second behind exceeded to Coolmore last year on a wet track that probably didn't suit him. So on his straight form, pretty keen bivouac. Nature Strip, I think his run in the Everest was nowhere near, to, near as bad as it looks on paper. Eduardo, they went nuts on Eduardo. Rachel King, uh, it got a bit silly there in the early stage of the race. And Nature Strip still tucked on pretty, uh, pretty toughed it out pretty nicely there. So I wouldn't be shocked if he can come out and uh, reproduce some of his best form because his win in the uh, this race last year was probably the best win of the entire carnival. So uh, Bivouac for me, but Nature Strip, the clear danger. Which way are you seeing it, mate? Uh, it's a great race. I can't wait for it, to be honest. Um, and, you know, if you, I've got favourites left, right and centre. Bivouac, Nature Strip, uh, Love Libertini and Santa Ana Lane came off the farm. So, um, you know, there's the Haydock as well sold, sold by us. So it's a, it's a race that holds, um, holds so much interest. Uh, if you've got to pick one, um, I'll probably Huey Bowman rating Nature Strip. You know, I, I, I don't mind that. It's obviously a... Um, uh, come out of the suspension of J-Mac. Um, but um, bivouac stalking and getting getting over the top late, um, I'll take that, Quinella. Yeah, no surprises there. I, I, I know it's going to bite us on the bum if we tip against Nature Strip. He's going to bounce right back. But bivouac's probably the... He's the foolproof horse. We know he's going to go out there and run enormous and going to probably run top two regardless. Nature Strip's either going to win or run fifth. <laughs> Yeah, spot on. I actually spoke to Mike Moroney before about Tefani coming out of the Everest, and he said that she actually um, she came out with a bit of a, a breathing issue, but it was because she got eaten. They think it's because she ate a bit of dirt because um, of the kickback in the run. So she's actually people have probably potted that Everest run a bit, but uh, before that, and the two runs before that, wasn't far off it. So at fourteen dollars, she might be a blowout chance. But I've got it. I think it, I think we're all in the same corner here. Bivouac down the Flemington Strait, hard to go past him, as the other horses will find out. 
Um, let's move on now uh, to the Matriarch Stakes. And uh, PG Moody's got a runner here, and it is in good health. Um, a favourite of ours here on the show, Moods. Uh, can you win this race? Uh, she can run very well. It's been a bit of a target race for her. We ran her in the Herbert Power, Rog, and she failed to run out the mile and a half, but she was still solid enough in that run. I thought uh, I, she's drawn on marble for once. Uh, she's got a leader in Graceful Glamour who we know rolls forward all the time. So she'll have a bunny instead of her being the bunny. And I think that'll give her a chance to run extremely well. In a good edition of this race, sometimes it gets a little bit left behind. But you've got the Bendigo Cup winner and Princess Jenny, who's a Group 1 winner. Toffee Tongue, who I thought was one of the genuine hopes in the Caulfield Cup, probably didn't have the best of runs there. But she was super previous to that in the Turnbull Stakes. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good field. So uh, I'm expecting my mare to run extremely well. Shay Lowe was super uh, also on Saturday behind um, Shout the Bar in the Empire Rose. So it's a pretty good race. But I think my mare's in great order. And I think she's there for a genuine each way chance on Saturday. Ray, man, uh, we can see one of your favourites, Graceful Glamour, going around here at double figure odds. We probably won't get a huge amount of rain in Melbourne before Saturday. Do you think she can win this one? Yeah, I think Graceful Glamour should be unstacked from that effort at the Valley last start. The wet track doesn't suit her at all. Uh, the firm deck at Flemington will definitely play to her streams. Uh, Chalet, as Mood said, was really good late in the Empire Rose. Looks as though she'll relish to step up to 2,000 metres. But I quite like in good health uh, as an each-way betting proposition here. I've been really taken with her this campaign. She's run some absolutely outstanding races in these uh, good staying contests up against the boys. And now she goes to Mayor's Company uh, back to 2,000 metres. Looks... Uh, Looks perfect for her. As Mood says, I think she'll be suited. Uh, she'll still be right there on the speed. But having Graceful Glamour there to uh, to run down is uh, a big positive for her. And we've sort of seen some uh, a few times during the carnival to date. And we saw it in the Melbourne Cup, basically, where uh, the leader can go out there. And it's sort of the horses that are in the uh, first and second in the run are proving pretty tough to run down. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see that on Saturday. So I'd, Graceful Glamour is a favourite of mine. I'll have her each one. I'll have in good health each way as well. Mitho, uh, any of these spread down at the farm for you to jump on board? or uh, No, or nothing. Uh, no, no, no real interest here. But uh, Shalo, um, for um, Archie Alexander, uh, he, he's um, there was a great run on Saturday. And um, I think uh, it'll get mine drawn well. And, you know, Mood's interesting point you make. I mean, barriers are so important in these big races. And you will get the, the easy run for a change. And um, I reckon you'll be fighting out the finish. So, um I'll be I'll be back in both of those, given that they're uh, you know we're we're getting each way odds of field here. So um, Moods and uh, Archie Alexander for me. All right, let's move on uh, now to the the feature race of the day. It is the McKinnon Stakes, uh, it's over two thousand metres, and Arcadia Queen's been really heavily backed here in early uh, betting three dollars eighty into three dollars ten as we uh, record this show. Melody Bell, of course, returns to Australia from New Zealand. Uh, Dallasan has been a favourite of yours, Moods, uh, over this campaign. Still hasn't broken through for the win, and then of course, Mister Quickie uh, also goes around after a pretty disappointing uh, run last start. Uh, Moods. Are you, are you with the quick stuff? Oh, listen, I think we'll see a, a more competitive performance from him. Uh, we've all had a bit of a chat, as Mitho will say, uh, post his last run, and he's got into this habit of when he's drawn bad, we let him flop out the back. And he, he, I don't think he sort of partakes too much when he's got 14 or 15 bums in front of him. So hopeful that he steps away clean. Uh, Luke Nolan back on him. He rode him uh, last campaign. I think he ran second on him in the Mooney Valley Cup. So the key to it is if he steps away clean, and not drive him mad, but 
switch him on and say, hey, old boy, you're in a race today and have three or four or five bums in front of you like Jamie Carr did in the Turak rather than have eight or nine. It's only a 10-horse field. So switch him on, put him into the race. And at his best, you know, he certainly mixes with these horses. But uh, I think it's a good race. Uh, Melody Bell went home from Sydney, put a couple of group ones on the board. We saw her run extremely well during this carnival last year. Shout the bar off that group one win. Arcadia Queen was super in the clocks plate. Um, back on the big Flemington track and the firmer deck. Um, you know, it, it, it's a bloody good race. Mugger too. What a run from him in the Cox plate. Mm. He was absolutely outstanding. You know, uh, coming back off that handicap form to uh, wait for a handicap form in Sydney to the wait for age in the Cox plate. And let's be honest, none of us gave him much of a shout there at all. He was wide, faced the breeze. You just wonder where that sort of tough run uh, leads them to for this type of race. Um, so, uh, listen, it's a bloody hard race. I, I think quality is Arcadia Queen. Um, she seems to have really bounced back after an indifferent start to the preparation. I think she's the one they've all got to beat, but I don't think Mr. Quickie's out of his league here by any means. It's have you passed on those? Uh, are you going to pass on those instructions that Moose just had just to associate, just to, to let him know how to... Uh... Had a run on I've, got, I've got no doubt uh, Petey will be uh, having a chat to Lukey Nolan, he's, he's good buddy uh, and Luke, Luke has had that sit uh, in the Mooney Valley Cup and interestingly that was when we backed him up, the only time we backed Mr Quickie up was into that Mooney Valley Cup and the 2500 found him out more so than anything else um, and uh, he ran second, ran a brave race um, I, I, I still think 2000 metres um, although We've chopped and changed, you know, wondering whether he's a dead set miler. I still think he's he's got a good two thousand meter race in him, and um, he he can do it from the draw. He's got to, he's got to step well. He's got to put himself in the race. Moods summed it up brilliantly. Um, he's a, he's got a bit cunning, the old boy. And if he if he's just flopped out the back and allowed just to go around him, he he tends to put the cue in the rack. But if he's in for a race and can see. You know, just a few that he's got to get past and see that finishing post. He will try like he did in the Turak. So um, I, I see it a totally different scenario Saturday. I like the backup. I reckon he can run really well. I'm I'm shit scared of Mugger too after it's running the Cox Plate um, and Arcadia Queen's the class act. So um, they're, they're the three that I'll be working around the trifecta and hoping uh, the quickster can get it done. And Ray, man, how are you seeing it in what is a hugely tough hunting race? Yeah, I like one at a bit of a price that I don't think uh, moods on this I've mentioned, which is 50 stars at around $9.50 with Labrokes at the moment. I just think he's the horse that's been set for this race, won the Australian Cup over this track in distance in the autumn, and he was really good last start on the weekend in the Candela. I found the line really nicely, ran some of the best closing sectionals of the day, and this has always been the target. You look at all the other, most of the other leading contenders in this race, Arcadia Queen uh, was set for a Cox Plate, Mugger 2 has been up for an eternity. Um, even horses like Shout the Bar. This is uh, even Mr. Quickie. Uh, this is an afterthought. While 50 stars has been set from this for this race from the start of his campaign. So I think he'll uh, he'll run a really good race here at $9.50. Uh, obviously, Arcadia Queen is a very classy horse. And if she brings her best form, she'll be tough to beat. Was, Mugger 2 was enormous in the uh, Labrakes Cox Plate. And Mr. Quickie, we know he's rocks or diamonds. And he sort of goes good run, bad run, good run, bad run. So he's due a good run on Saturday. So... It's a really good race, but I think 50 stars is the horse I'd like to be on at the price. I'll tell you one that might be worth having a look at, and that's I understand that um, with uh, Skyward, for the, the Boston Young Cab, because of the paid-up, the final acceptances for the Melbourne Cup, if it wins the Queen Elizabeth, 
as a $250,000 bonus. And instead, they've opted to go back to the 2000 of the McKinnon instead. So uh, perhaps that is a little bit of a steer that uh, they certainly fancy Skyward's chances here. Yeah, that European form of Skyward's pretty good. Comes out of uh, the Geelong Cup form has been pretty good. We saw Ash Run come out and win the Lexus Hotham. So uh, just can't, definitely can't discount it, Roger. It just adds another chance to what's a really uh, open and quality race. Different, different form line there with Skywood, of course, but he did look very one-paced and uh, might be a throw at the stumps to get the travelling cost back for the $2 billion rather than 200000 of the Queen Elizabeth. Narrow the field with Ladbrokes Easy Form. Place form-driven multis or singles without ever having to study a guide. Create your ideal bet using a range of form filters, including runner stats, jockey, trainer and track. Or choose from market movers and favourite runners. Available on all Australian and New Zealand thoroughbred Greyhound and Harness races, Ladbrokes Easy Form does the hard work for you. Ladbrokes, back yourself. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Best bets time here on Moody on the Mic. And uh, as we always do, let's kick it off with the resident Rayman. I'm going to stick with Bivouac, Rog. Just really, he's always been a favourite of mine. I think he's capable of a really high-rating effort on his day. He was outstanding in the Everest. There's no classic legend in this field on Saturday. And we touched on earlier how good he is down the straight. So I'm happy to be with the big Bivouac. All right, I'm going to go to the last race on the card at Flemington on Saturday. And, and that is the, the benchmark 80. And I'm with Meteorite. Who is the favourite? Going at around about $3.80. Two runs is preparation for two wins. It does go up slightly in class, but... Uh, it flew around the valley in the 955 challenge uh, uh, the other week and uh, up to a 1,100 this time. But I still think uh, he can get the job done on the wide open surrounds of, uh, of Flemington. So, media right, race nine, number 11 for me, Mitho. Well, I can give you a couple of, uh, well, they're not exactly Rosemont Ruffies. Uh, they're Rosemont favourite and, uh, and a second favourite. But I'm going to have a two-pronged attack here. Um, race six at Doomben, number three, Star Rosa. She was very good first up a couple of weeks ago in the wet. Uh, they called off the races uh, after her race, I think. Uh, it was it was so wet. Um, didn't really suit, but she ran on down the outside for third. Um, she'll be uh, fitter for that and can can win as favourite uh, race six at Doomben. And in the rich golden gift, anyone ever heard of the golden gift? They're giving away a million bucks in Sydney for the golden gift on Saturday. And we're going to win it. Can't wait. Sneaky five. Got the job done on Cox Plate Day. Uh, showed a touch of class there. Um, good enough for Kieran Mart to take her to Sydney for the rich race and try and qualify for um, a golden slipper if she can run first or second. It's amazing how Mythos' uh, thoughts change on these pop-up races depending on if he has a runner. Like he was off the, he was potting the Everest because he didn't have a runner. Now he's he had a, a run in the Golden Eagle. He was talking that race up. He's got a run in the Golden Gift. He's talking that up. He'll be talking about the Gong and the Hunter if he's got a runner in those as well. It's uh, some of the great self-interest from Mitha. And I guess that's why that's why we have him on. <laughs> and Moods, what's uh, what do you got for the weekend? And uh, and to take us out. Uh, a couple of Moods moddies this week. Uh, tomorrow, Flemington on Thursday. Uh, race five, horse six, Caffrey. I think a very good each way chance. Resuming in the Grace race. Uh, so the sub-zero, so I expect him to run very well. And uh, in good health, I think she's an excellent each-way chance at Flemington Saturday. Race seven, horse seven, uh, in good health uh, to fly the flag for Moody Racing. So punters, owners, trainers, jockeys, enjoy Flemington. But more importantly, let fast horses run fast. Ladbrokes, back yourself.